to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Today's show brought to you by Rock Auto. Visit rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need at reliably low prices. That's rockauto.com. Tell them that Locked On sent you. It is grading week here at the Locked On Leafs podcast. If you missed it earlier in the week, we did the top six, we did the bottom six, and then former Leaf Carlo Koliakovo joined us yesterday to do the defense. So if you missed that one, you're definitely going to want to go and check it out uh, here on the podcast. So make sure that you're subscribed here so that you get every single episode each and every day and get that Leafs content on a daily basis, um, even throughout the offseason. Uh, so once again, we're going to be continuing that grading week series. And today we're going to be doing goaltending. Uh, so we're going to talk about what my thoughts are on Freddie Anderson, his thoughts on this season, and then what are my thoughts on him going forward because I got some spicy takes on that, uh, so you're definitely not going to want to miss it. And then also um, in, you know, some playoff news, right? We've got some teams starting to get eliminated, and also we got some news about a suspension that's going to be happening and some injuries and stuff that are going to have some great implications on uh, on on the rest of the playoffs, so or at least the rest of the series that they're in. So we'll get to that also a little bit later, but let's get to the defense, or let's get to the goaltending. Let's give them the grades. Um, let's start with, well, the workhorse, Freddie Anderson. I struggled grading Freddie Anderson, and I'll tell you why. Because my lasting impression of him is twofold. A, if I take the playoffs as a whole, it was great. Freddie Anderson honestly played himself um, a fantastic playoff series. He was outperformed and outdueled by the goaltender on the other end, unfortunately. So at the end of the day, he wasn't able to get the final win, and you know the Leafs are, are didn't make the playoffs because of it. But it wasn't because of Freddie. I do want to say that I think right after that game, I believe I was a little bit more harsh on Freddie than than I should have been because you know at the end of the day, it, it really wasn't him who cost him that game. Yeah, he had a couple of blunders, you know, like the few you know, soft cupcake goals that he allowed turned out to be really like the game winners in each of those games, which is super unfortunate and just untimely for those goals to happen. But at the end of the day, as a whole, that five-game series, Freddie was phenomenal. He was great. So playoff-wise, I liked his game. The regular season, though, although he, he was good, he wasn't great. Like, the Leafs really struggled to keep the puck out of the net the entire season. Like, all season long. If you remember, even back when, when Babcock was was uh, was coaching them, they're in the bottom three and goals allowed up until that point. Bottom three. They were allowing goals left, right, and center. If you take a look at, at what happened throughout the year, well, Freddie Anderson finished with a 29-13-7 record. Okay, that's pretty darn good. 29, 13, and 7 in 52 games. So he was winning, winning a lot of games for this team. But then you get to the other stats. You know, 909 save percentage, 285 goals against average. Like the guy was just allowing too much. You know, you take a look at the five on five save percentage, went up a little bit to 915. But, you know, for, for a five on five save percentage, that's, that's, that's not great. That is not, not that good. Um, among goalies who played at least a thousand plus minutes in the NHL, that ranked him 42nd. 42nd. 
Now, you could say, yeah, but, you know, it's not his fault that the Leafs have such a terrible defense and he's got to try and bail them out all the time. And, you know, it gets tiresome. And you're right. You're totally right. Because he had to face the sixth most high danger chances among all goaltenders in the NHL this year. That's a lot. He had to face a lot of rubber and a lot of rubber inside the paint because for some reason the Leafs can't box anyone out and uh, and people like to get in tight and get a lot of good opportunities on Freddie Anderson. Problem with him is he doesn't come up with the big save too often. 40th in the league in high danger save percentage. So he faced the sixth amount of high danger chances, but 40th in high danger save percentage? You know, I can think back to a lot of different times where Freddie Anderson was allowing goals at key moments in in games, which really hurt them at the end of the day. And then you get to the playoffs, and he was fantastic, right? Played super, super good the entire time. And then again, you think back, oh, but he had those couple of blunders had that you know like that the game winner in game one and then you think back okay also that that second goal in game five turns out that those are two pretty pretty important goals for that series and it was costly at the end of the day and then you look at it and you say he's 0 for 8 in elimination games in his career he just doesn't win the big game he doesn't I don't know what it is about him, why he can't win the big game, both in Anaheim and now in Toronto. Can't get it done in elimination games for whatever reason, if it's in his head, if he's just not, you know, an elite goaltender. But the problem is, I think Toronto, because of the amount of money that they got spent up front, they're not going to be able to build a back end full of top pairing or top four defensemen. And he's gonna have to be he's gonna have to bail out that that decor a lot more often than he would have to on most teams. And it just doesn't seem like he's he's capable of doing it. Not enough anyway. He's going into a contract year, and he's on the wrong side of 30. And this is where I struggle with what I want to do with Freddie Anderson. I think he's been a great, he's been a good regular season goalie. You know, he, he he gets them wins. At the end of the day, he gets them wins, and he gets them into the playoffs, whatever. This year, I guess, technically, they didn't make the playoffs. But he gets them into the playoffs pretty well every year. Got them into the play-in round this year. You know, won 29 of his 52 starts, or his 52 games. Um, you got to be happy with that. But the problem is, when you go 0-8 in elimination games, you're kind of known as the guy who can't get it done. And if that's the case, do I want to lock him up long-term? I don't think it would take a superstar goaltender to get this team to the playoffs each and every year. And if you're asking a guy like Freddie Anderson, who right now at $5 million I think is digestible, but if he's going to want a contract extension, he's going to want more term and, and probably more money, that's where it gets a little dicey. I don't know if I want to commit that to a guy who hasn't gotten it done for me over the last, you know, four years. Just hasn't gotten it done. He's 0-4 for us. Haven't been able to win a first round. Again, it's not all Freddie. 
That being said, the last couple of years, he's kind of gone a little quiet in the playoffs. This season was probably the best playoff series that he's played as a Maple Leaf. Um, But I just think going into next season, it's going to be a big prove-it year for him. And if this team doesn't make a run, I don't know if he comes back. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if he comes back this season. I think there's going to be some serious conversations going on with Kyle Dubas about whether or not they want to keep Freddie Anderson moving forward. He talked about how there's some movable contracts on this team. One of them, I believe, that he was talking about is Frederick Anderson. If you can move out his $5 million salary and use that to upgrade the back end, I think that that would work because... Although Jack Campbell isn't a proven number one, I think if he can get a tandem of Jack Campbell and someone else, you know, there's going to be a few really good goaltenders out on out on the market. I believe Thomas Grice is a goalie who I wouldn't mind pairing up with him. You know, you get those two goaltenders and you upgrade your defense. Now I'm really liking what's going on here. But to go into next season with the same the same mentality where you're not going to be able to build up the D and then you're going to rely on Freddie Anderson to bail you out and steal your games. Well, it hasn't worked out the last few seasons. What are the odds going to work out now? Especially as he's going to be 31. You know, goaltenders tend to age a little better than players. So, you know, I, I guess he still could be an elite goalie for the next, you know, three or four years before he starts to break down. But, I just don't know if I'm willing to marry myself to Freddie Anderson long term. There, I said it. <laughs> As for a grade on Freddie Anderson, I uh, I gave him a I gave him a B, and it really, really, really kicked up in the postseason because in the regular season, probably giving him a C plus, right? Like, yeah, he got the wins, but in terms of the way he played, it wasn't great. And keep in mind, the, like, this is a team who was supposed to be cemented into a playoff spot pretty much the entire season, and they were fighting, fighting for a wild card spot all the way down to the end. Like, there was a legitimate chance that they could not have made the playoffs, or even made, well... Technically, they did not make the playoffs, but there was a legitimate chance that if the season never got up paused, that they could have fallen out of the playoff race and not finished in a wild card spot. It could have happened. They were not solidified at that point. I think they were only up by like three points or something like that on Florida. So with 10, 12, with 12 games to go, a lot could have happened. A lot could have happened. And at the end of the day, like this Leafs team, the amount of goals that they scored, they should have won a lot more games. The reason why they didn't? Well, because they would score four goals, but they would have five scored against them. I remember a stretch of games this season for Freddie Anderson where he just could not stop the puck. Um, Luckily, you know, the Leafs were just going out there and, and scoring more than he was allowing. But I remember a 20-game span, and I'm, I'm just looking it up right now as well. Um, this was from 
December 20th. So right around the Christmas Christmas holidays. So Christmas from December 20th all the way to February 20th. So this is about a two-month span. 19 games. He just couldn't stop the puck. Like in 19 games, they went 8-5-3. and three. He had an 885 save percentage and a 336 goals against. Wasn't great. <laughs> like I'm looking here, uh, you know, allowed three goals in a win, allowed six goals in a win, you know, gave up five, lost an OT, you know, uh, lost and they gave up three, lost, they gave up five, four, gave up six and a loss to Chicago. Gave up five and back-to-back against Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Gave up six against Carolina. I believe that was the David Ayers game. <laughs> it's just, you know, he goes through some ruts here where he gets overworked, I guess is is what they say, is, is Freddie Anderson needs to be fresh. And... I don't know. I think uh, for a guy who wants to command number one top dollar, like I believe Freddie's going to try and command next offseason, I think I'd be willing to move on. I'd be willing to move on a year early and see what you can get from this offseason. You know, why delay it? If you're not going to extend him, which I don't think that they're going to do, trade him this offseason. I think if you went into the offseason with, with, Jack Campbell is your number one or your 1A, 1B, and you found a decent backup goaltender, kind of like a Yarrow Halak. And like I said, Thomas Grice, I think, is a perfect type of guy who's been a career tandem goaltender. I think that would suit the Maple Leafs better than paying a guy like Freddie, you know, $6 million on a long term. I think together... Like, think about it. For the next two seasons, Jack Campbell's making 1.6. Thomas Grice, what, what's he really going to command? He might be able to, to get a three times three, so $3 million plus the 1.6. That's $4.6 million that you got locked up in your goaltending. That's it. 4.6. And then you could take the rest of that money that you were going to pay Anderson on top of Campbell's 1.6. <laughs> So that's roughly like an extra two, three million dollars that you can use on your back end, along with whatever else you decide to move out this offseason. And the money coming off of CC and the money coming off the books for, for Tyson Barry and, and, and Kyle Clifford's got some money coming off the books. You know, I think that it would go a long way. I think that this team they don't want to make any drastic moves up front and and it does seem like that's what Kyle Dubas has said. He's I I just I feel like he's going to come back with with those the core four up front, Neilander, Matthews, Marner, and Tavares. And now you got to think about okay, well where are you going to find the money then to improve the back end? And I think Freddie Anderson's probably one of those guys who may be somebody who they can move on from. That's my thought. I told you I had a, I had a, I had a spicy take, and my take is I think that the Leafs should trade Frederick Anderson this offseason. Makes sense to me. And why do I think that? Because I think Jack Campbell can share the duties and do just as good a job as Freddie Anderson. 
Because guess what, folks? Jack Campbell actually did a better job than Freddie Anderson did this season when he was in between the net, uh, in between the pipes for the Maple Leafs. So Freddie Anderson, I actually give him a B minus, and that's because you know that got brought up from a C because of his playoff performance. So Freddie Anderson, B minus. To get back to Jack Campbell, I gave him a B plus. I really like what Jack Campbell did when he got here. Um, he he not only stabilized the backup goalie position, so he gave the well, hey, the fan base, but also gave the coach and Frederick Anderson that thought that okay. If I need to take a couple nights off, I could do that. So right when Jack Campbell got here, Freddie Anderson got injured. And Campbell had to come in and play like the first three games. Had to play a back-to-back. The first game he lost, I remember a couple of bad bounces in that Anaheim game. Uh, No, he won that, sorry. They won it, but Anaheim came back. I believe they were down two. uh, Came back tied to bring it to overtime. The Tavares got the game winner. So they ended up winning that game, but then lost the second game against Montreal on a Saturday night, you know, Hockey Night in Canada, but he stood on his head. Toronto was nowhere to be seen. They had one goal in that game, and they lost 2-1 in overtime against Montreal, who, granted, are still in the playoffs, and Toronto's not, but, you know, that should not be the case. So let's not go ahead and say that Montreal's a better team, because, let's face it, they're not. But, you know, I think uh, Jack Campbell has proven that he could be a decent goaltender in the NHL. He was given a little bit of, of a run as a, a, a tandem or, or a 1A goaltender a little bit a couple of years ago when Jonathan Quick was going through some struggles. He, you know, he had some injuries. He was also struggling. And, and Jack Campbell got some starts for L.A. Did pretty darn good. You know, there's a guy who refined his game, a former number one pick, he kind of flamed out, ended up in, I believe, ended up in Carolina's system. And then uh, Dusty Emu turned him into an NHL goaltender again. Gave him some confidence, changed up his style a little bit. And now Jack Campbell, in my opinion, can be a goaltender in the NHL. Do I think he's a bona fide number one guy who I'm willing to start 55 to 60 games a year? Nope. No, I'm not. But I think he's a guy who you can, in a tandem, give him like 40 games along with another guy who's relatively the same type of player or same skill level and give them both 40 to 45 games each, give or take. Campbell had a 3-2-1 record with a 9-15 save percentage and a 263 goals against. So, you know, those aren't the, you know, those aren't underlying numbers, but they're all better. Then Freddie Anderson's was small sample size. I get it. I get it. But Jack Campbell, for some reason, it also just seemed like the Maple Leafs played harder in front of him for whatever reason. And he's a guy who actually <laughs> seems to do better when he faces a lot of rubber. You know, he's one of those guys that want pucks to get better. He averaged 32 shots against him a game. With the Maple Leafs, you know, and he got better as the games went along as he faced more rubber. You know, I like I like Jack Campbell. I think he was brought in for a reason. And that reason is if they move on from Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell is somebody who they could feel comfortable with going forward next year as a potential starting goaltender for the Maple Leafs. 
I truly, true. I said that back when this trade happened. I still believe that today. That in the back of Kyle Dubas's mind, Jack Campbell was not only insurance for this season as a backup to Freddie Anderson, but he was insurance for the next couple of seasons, which is why he was handpicked to be the guy who they wanted to bring in to be the backup because he had an extension already kicked in at a pretty reasonable contract at $1.6 million, I believe, or $1.65 or something like that. And they believe that he could be insurance if they decide to move on from Freddie Anderson if he struggled in the playoffs again this year. Now, he didn't struggle in the playoffs, but I still think that they may want to move him, move on from him just because it's not working. Austin Matthews kind of said it best in his year on presser. We could be the best regular season team in the league, but what good is it if we can't win a playoff round? Freddie Anderson could be the best goaltender in the league. But what good is it if he's 0-8 in elimination games? 0-4 as a member of the Maple Leafs. At the end of the day, you got to win games. Freddie wasn't doing that. It's no guarantee that Jack Campbell will be able to do it. Certainly not. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that at least Jack Campbell could at least get this team to the playoffs at a much, 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 much less of a cap hit. So why not give it a go? They got to do something. They can't come back with the same old every single season. Because it's just it doesn't work. It's not working. Something needs to change. And I don't think they're going to get rid of any of the big four. And Morgan Riley ain't going nowhere. So that kind of leaves them with the goaltender. Yeah, they can move on from Kapitan and, and Janssen, but in my estimation, that's not going to bring them any, you know, the pieces that they're going to need to be contenders. So I think that they probably are going to need themselves a legitimate top four defenseman to play with Morgan Riley. And that's going to cost you more than the the three, four, five million dollars that you may be able to to go out and spend on them. If you trade a guy like Janssen or Kapitan, but you trade a guy like Freddie Anderson, A, you're opening up more cap space if you just do a straight-up trade. You trade for picks or prospects. Or Anderson's a guy who you can use to try and trade to another team for that defenseman. You know, I take a look at, at, at a team like Carolina who don't have a goaltender. You know, they've been using the platoon system for the past couple of years I mean, it's been working. They made it to a, a, a Eastern Conference final last year. They made it through to the first round this year. Both years eliminated by Boston. What are you going to do? Boston's a good team. We know what it's like to get eliminated by Boston. Um, but they could they could use an upgrade in net. Right? They've got some good defensemen that they can move on from. They've got a whole glut of defensemen. You know, Brett Pesci's a guy with term. I think he's got about like a $4.2 million contract. He's somebody who maybe could come in and, and, and play a decent role. I know he had a bit of a down year, so maybe he'll be even be cheaper. He's somebody that maybe a guy like Kapanen or Janssen might be able to get you, but maybe I'm not going to play the maybe game just because they'll probably get more in-depth on some trade options a little bit later. We've got, oh, what about 
six months or so until the season starts back up again. <laughs> so we've got some time to uh, to discuss it. But I, I seriously think that, you know, Jack Campbell was brought in here for a reason. You know, he had term on his deal at a very reasonable cap hit. And he's a guy who's proven in the past that he can be a goaltender with extended starts and play some really, really solid hockey in front of a bad team. Like, the LA Kings are terrible. We're way worse than the Leafs. They're a bottom three team in the league. Bottom bottom five team in the league. I, I think they went on a they went on a big run right at the end. But you know this is, this is one of the bottom three rosters in the in the NHL. Outside of Drew Doughty, they got nothing. So I think that uh, yeah, I really do think that Jack Campbell could probably play just as give the Leafs just as good to goaltending as Freddie Anderson. I truthfully believe that. Jack Campbell gave him a B plus. That's what I graded Campbell's season as with the Maple Leafs. Unfortunately, didn't get any playing time in the playoffs. Well, I guess that's actually fortunate because that means that, you know, the Leafs weren't getting blown out. So I guess that's fortunate. But, uh, you know, the the limited games that he did have with the Maple Leafs played spectacularly. He was great. Faced a lot of rubber. Turned a lot of it away. So I think that uh, Jack Campbell is going to be a part of this team for a couple of years going forward. Um, okay, really quickly, let's get through. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in the NHL playoffs right now because uh, this first round, I guess technically still the first round, it's it's starting to wind up. We got some teams that are getting eliminated and uh, just want to give my quick thoughts on what's going on in the NHL playoffs. So, Let's start with what happened tonight. Uh, the Washington Capitals, and this is as of literally the last half hour is when I'm recording this. Caps eliminated. Oh, my goodness. I, I did not see that coming. If you put money on the Islanders winning, I'm sure you want a boatload because they probably would have had really, really, really good odds on that. And good for you. Uh, but, man, like this Islanders team is just so resilient. I never give them enough credit. I seriously don't. And keep in mind, this is a team that really, really benefited from this whole play-in thing where, where they extended the playoff. Or really from, actually, not from the play-in. They benefited from the fact that the season was put on pause because this is a team that was struggling down the stretch. Really struggling. And, and I was under the impression that if they went a full 82... You know, that, that last month of the season, they easily could have fallen out. You had both Florida, who was playing half decent, and you had the Rangers, who were really coming up, nipping at their butt. Instead, the season goes on a pause, everyone makes it, and somehow the Islanders, you know, they beat Florida, who just, you know, weren't playing very well. And then they go out and they beat the, the Washington Capitals, eliminate Alex Ovechkin? You know that feels good for? Barry Trotz. You know, the Capitals didn't want to pay him the big contract after he won the Stanley Cup. Jump ship right after winning the Cup. Right after. Went to the Islanders. And a year after that, eliminates them from the playoffs. When everybody and their grandmother had a Washington winning that series. Gotta love it, man. Like, they got spunk. Gotta love it. And Lou Lamorello. <laughs> Lou Lamorello, once again, making it farther than Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs. Matt Martin, Leo Komarov, all making it farther than the Maple Leafs. Well, 
you want skill, you want speed. Maybe you need a little bit, a little bit else to win in the playoffs because that's what this series is teaching me. Uh, what else we got? Boston and Carolina. Whoo, Boston. <laughs> oh man. So they're going through once again. And actually, I think I talked about this the other day, but you know that big collapse. Rhymer being Rhymer, just it, it gave me kind of some PTSD watching it again. I couldn't even imagine what was going on through his brain when he was up by two in the third period and then allowed a couple of quick goals and then allowed the the go-ahead. And he's got to be thinking, not again. Are you kidding me? In an elimination game at that, brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. No, that wasn't the elimination game. That was game five. Right. Four. That was game four. That was a chance for them to, to tie the series. And they went on to lose. Um... Montreal and Philly. So this is the one where I was talking about earlier about how there's a suspension. So this just came down a little bit ago. Uh, Matt Niskan in defense him for the Philadelphia Flyers. If you guys haven't seen it, in Game 5, he had a vicious cross-check across the face of Brendan Gallagher. And Gallagher actually now is going to be out for the remainder of the playoffs, or, or for the for the series at least. I guess we don't really know what's going to be happening going forward. But he's at least been ruled out for the remainder of the series with a broken jaw. So he's going to have to get surgery and leave the bubble to, uh, to repair his jaw, um, whether or not you know the 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 Montreal Canadiens are going to be able to to overcome a big loss like that. I don't know, uh, especially considering how well he played in Game Five to even keep that thing going and, and push it to a Game Six, which is going to go down. Um, I guess by the time you're listening to it, it's going to be tonight. But uh, you know, without Gallagher, I I don't like their odds. I really don't, unless they can. You know, sit there and say, you know, let's let's win one for Galley. You know, that's it's really the only way that I can see them pulling out the victory and, and pushing it to a game seven. And, and Carey Price is going to have to stand on his head once again. But uh, you know what? Montreal, they've surprised me. You know, they've really come out and they've played hard. And they've earned a couple of big victories against a really, really solid Philadelphia Flyers team. I, I got to gotta give it to them. Hats off to our division foes. But at the end of the day, I, I, I just... You know, got to give them a big goal of congratulations for how far they've come. They weren't even supposed to be here. This was a team that sold at the deadline, and now they're two two wins away from moving on to round two. They shouldn't even be in the playoffs at all. <laughs> like, and now they're almost in round two. Um, well, not almost. I guess they're technically on the brink of elimination, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on in the East. A couple of good games also going out in the West, but I think I'm going to leave it right there. Because uh, this thing's getting a little long, so we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Make sure you uh, definitely check out my other podcast as well for the Lockdown NHL podcast where myself and four other Lockdown hosts chat about what's going on in the hockey world each and every day, Monday to Friday, just like this show. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow once again, we're going to go through the GM uh, and, and the front office, the coaching staff, and I think I'm going to push the prospects to Monday, actually. Originally, I was going to do GM and prospects, but we're going to push that to Monday and make that a full show because I love prospects. I love talking about them. So we're going to have to do that on Monday. Hopefully, uh, hopefully going to get ourselves um, a guest for that show, too. So tune in tomorrow for the coach 
and uh, and the general manager probably going to end up going through and grading every single move that Kyle Dubas did. And I can tell you what's going to be an F. And that's what he did on July 1, where he traded away Nazem Kadri. F. Uh, just a sneak peek. <laughs> but we'll be back tomorrow. Keep your eyes peeled out for that one. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.